want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram, Ask Adam Torres, to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that great stuff. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become an upcoming author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today we have Josh Sweeney on the line. He is the founder over at Epic Culture. Uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at Epic Culture um, and to kind of get a feel for what kind of clients you're helping out. But before we do that, um, let's just start with your background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Uh, well, I feel like I got started as an entrepreneur as a kid um, in my household. If you basically only got uh, gifts on birthday and Christmas, and if you wanted anything else, you had to go hustle and make some money. So, like any entrepreneur, and like a lot of kids, I guess uh, in my in my time growing up, you know, I had to rake leaves, cut lawns, all of these other types of things, and that really just consisted throughout my life. Um, the ability to go out and generate revenue, generate sales by some sort of action that I took on my own. So uh, while I was in college, uh, the company that I was working for and paying for college and my bills and my mortgage with uh, decided to shut the doors. And that gave me my first opportunity to start what I would consider a real business, you know, where, where your, your, your livelihood's really on the line. And so when they shut their doors, I had been in the telecom space. And so I went and started a telecom company doing uh, low voltage cabling, fiber, uh, all kinds of other things for buildings and construct in the construction industry. So that was really my first foray into entrepreneurship and in such a at such a volume and scale that you know again my livelihood depended on it, so it had to succeed. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's an amazing story. Um, so obviously you've been an entrepreneur um, for many years since then, um, since that first business. If you could go back to that, you know, that young Josh, the doors are just closed. He's you know ready to get going in this business. Um, obviously, we all make mistakes in our first business. Um, what kind of advice would you give him? Um, I think the advice would be to really build better relationships with the people. Uh, a lot of times, people like myself, high growth, you know, hard-charging entrepreneurs are always going after that goal, that big goal, and, and don't always value the people as much as they could. So, you know, over time, it, to build a business, you have to have a, a great value of people and understand the value, what they bring to the table. And I think, you know, not really knowing that, you know, coming up and being, I guess, at that time, probably 20 years old, um, you know, you didn't really know what the difference between a boss and a leader was in, in a lot of respects. And even if you did, it was more, you know, the dictionary difference. It wasn't the leadership difference. And so I think the advice there would have been to, you know, read more and figure out how to become a better leader and less of a boss. Man, I, lo I love that tip. And I tell you, I've done quite a few of these shows, and um, I, don't, I think that may be the first time I've heard that one, especially giving the advice to them, uh, to them uh, what you would have told yourself starting out. And I, I can relate. I mean, and I know a lot of other business owners that are listening can relate. You're, you know, you're so caught up in the numbers and, and what you're trying to accomplish that sometimes you forget, you know, all of the people on both sides that are that you need to have good relationships with in order for this to, for it to be a long-term, you know, profitable and enjoyable endeavor for all people concerned. I, I love that stuff. Um, so great, great advice. 
Um, let's transition a bit. I want to talk more about what you're doing over at uh, Epic Culture as founder. Um, what kind of clients are you helping and what are you helping them with? So most of our clients are you know, upwards of maybe 200 people in the company. So it would probably be considered the small business market. And we're helping them with their company culture. So we focus on enhancing retention and performance. Uh, there's a lot of studies out now um, all around the, the competition for talent and how hard it is to keep, not only attract, but keep and retain that talent. So we, we employ multiple different methods, including workshops and training and assessments in order to enhance company culture and really build the relationship with those employees and ensure that they're performing at a high level and enjoy being in the work environment. And so what kind of, what kind of, um, you know, mistakes do you are you finding or have you found that many companies are making um, along this path? I think that one of the most common ones we're seeing is there's a lot of really successful leaders that have gotten to this point over 20 and 30 years of experience, and the ground's shifting somewhat under their feet. And the mistake is that uh, they haven't quite realized the impact of that shift meaning that the, the millennial generations coming on board, you know, a group that wants to be very passionate about their role, they want a lot of buy-in in their role, um, just the mindset's a little bit different, not in a, a better or worse way, um, but it's just different. And so it's really hard for leaders who have really excelled over 20, 30 years to realize that the major shift's happening, and they're not going to be able to do things like they used to do before. Uh, they're not going to be able to uh, attract the talent like they used to, given the, the current um, landscape. They're not going to be able to retain that talent. These people are looking for something different than the cohorts and the employees that they've had for the last 20 years. And so that's a real big challenge because it's, it's really a personal change. It's something that has to change within ourselves and how we look at the world. And so we work with a lot of leadership to help them make this transition uh, with the new generation and uh, as well as uh, motivating the employees that they already have, no matter, you know, which generation they're coming from. Yeah. And you know, when that, I, I tell you, I heard, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, and just to solidify an example that I knew it was, um, I, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, the, the, not only has the, um, has the ground shifted, but, you know, we're in a completely different world. And it's when I read this article, I don't remember when. It was earlier this year, I feel like. And it was when it talked about Goldman Sachs um, having their, their dress code so that now um, suits and ties are optional. Um, I was like, what? Gold? I mean, come on. That's like, that's a very, <laughs> like if Goldman Sachs is changing the way they're doing business because they can't attack the top talent, without making a concession like that. They didn't just, like, like come up with that out of the blue. They did that for a reason. They weren't just sitting there in a meeting saying, oh, maybe we should. No, there was a reason. <laughs> and so if, if a company like that is changing it, then maybe the people listening might want to kind of really start taking this company culture thing uh, seriously um, because uh, it, it, is, it is bringing us into another workplace and things aren't going to go back to way, the way they were. Um, and again, like you said, by the way, not judging better or worse, just different, but it is different. <laughs> um, what do you think some um, some things are that, you know, let's, so a lot of business owners listen to this podcast, um, and they may be now questioning their company culture or having some thoughts about maybe if they need to reassess 
um, what the way they're doing things. What are some things, where do you think they start with something like that? Uh, one of the big places we're working with clients on now is the work motivation. What motivates people? Um, so that's a really good place to start because like employee engagement, motivation, how you incentivize people has always been, you know, a thing that people are trying to uncover and unfold. But now we're in a space where we have great assessments for this. We have a lot of data around it. You know, we're moving from a space where people used to just try and uh, compensate based with money. And the, the new generation, and really to a lot of extent, all generations are not really that motivated by money. It was just kind of how things were done. Um, so starting with what people are really motivated by is a good place to start. And when you understand what people are motivated by and realize it's not what you're doing in the environment, uh, like maybe trying to motivate them with money and then finding out they're really motivated by playing time off or, or vacations or opportunities to travel, just different, different, um, motivators, motivating factors, that's a great place to start and understand what's going on, right? Why is somebody disengaging? What is not being met? What needs are not being met from a role and a job perspective for them? And then you can get a good view of, you know, why the retention might be low or the turnovers uh, going up or down, whatever it might be. So that's one aspect of it. Yeah, that may, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And, and also, I mean, just thinking out loud, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it, it makes it easier for employees to um, want to adopt maybe new things that come down the line because uh, you're because you're going in there and you're starting out with things that are fun with motivation and how to you know everything's intended to be a benefit for them right but and, and using the Goldman Sachs example I'm sure there were some people at the firm that were upset right <laughs> that 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 oh yeah people <laughs> could not wear didn't have to wear ties because in their day you always had to wear a tie right. So, like, um, if you start with the motivational aspect, it becomes fun in the buy-in, and maybe you, you kind of get yourself in there to where people are going to be a little bit more open to maybe some of the other changes that ultimately everybody feels are, um, are beneficial for the firm long term. Yeah, definitely. And like with your Goldman Sachs example, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that were done of the same way for decades that nobody just, they haven't spent any time rethinking about. You know, a lot of people are going to come in and say, like in that example, when you're in front of a client, you probably still need to have your suit on. But the question may come up of why am I coming in every day sitting at a desk in a role that's maybe not client facing or is only on the phone and having to wear a suit every day? You know, because at the other financial firm down the road, they know that I'm not in front of customers 95% of my year. So and they don't they don't make me wear a suit. And I think that's the other thing that's coming up a lot now is there's so much competition for talent. Um, Gartner mm-hmm. actually just released a, a new metric that they had, which said um, the biggest risk voted on by all these different industries, the number one risk of business right now is talent, the ability to get the right talent. So what everybody's seeing out there is there's such a competition for talent that if you're not doing these things, there's just no way you can attract and keep the right people. So we have to adapt. That's great. No, it's true, uh, and I and I, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's an interesting. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting workforce going forward, and just one that's more beneficial. I mean, we're not in the, in the industrial age from the standpoint of we're all in factories anymore. So, and uh, at least in the United States, I should say. So that being said, we have the luxury of um, of thinking about work life and and you know a better quality of living while still obviously producing output. 
Um, love all of it, Josh. Great tips today. Um, if somebody wants more information about Epic Culture or yourself, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. So the easiest way is to go to epicculture.co, and you can go to our contact page, fill that out, and reach out to you, me. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Josh Sweeney, the company's Epic Culture. Uh, so you can reach out in any one of those forms. All right. Well, hey, Josh, I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule today and coming on, out on the podcast. Um, and to the listeners, as always, thank you for listening and tuning in. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those things we do to support our podcasters. Really appreciate it. And, uh, Josh, thanks again for coming on the show.